sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to a Friday live right here all the morning after on SportsGrid. Live from Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Continuing our 2023 NBA draft coverage live right here from AC. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us all across the SportsGrid network. Sirius XM channel 159 as well. That is the home for SportsGrid radio. The SportsGrid network, of course, includes SportsGrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination nation to consume everything all across the grid so as we dive through this friday show live from the ocean casino resort here in ac we will go all around what our reactions were to last night's 2023 nba draft the coronation of victor Wembanyama, a generational talent now embarking at the next level in the association what does the landscape look like after a draft that changed the future of the nba the conversation between two and three brandon miller and scoot henderson how that played out last night and our other takeaways from the 2023 nba draft live right here from atlantic city at the ocean casino resort so let's start there to start off this opening hour of a friday on tma recapping what we saw in the 2023 nba draft of course it was known as the draft or the welcome to the association for victor Wembanyama. the guarantee that was a minus 50,000 price for Wembenyama to be the number one overall pick made by San Antonio and that ultimately comes through the conversation was at number two when the draft chaos could potentially begin as we got to the start of the 2023 NBA draft last night it was Brandon Miller that closed as a minus 650 favorite to be that second overall selection by the Charlotte Hornets and that's what happened number three overall scoot henderson goes to the portland trailblazers as that played out as we expected by the time the draft got underway we'll look at how those markets changed leading up to the 2023 nba draft the thompson twins go four and five a men and a sar a man goes to the houston rockets a sar to the detroit pistons the third set of twin brothers in nba draft history to be selected in the same first round the highest we have seen fourth and fifth overall. Anthony Black closed as a minus 160 favorite to go sixth overall to Orlando. That ticket cashes. The first changeup that we had, the Pacers and the Wizards swap picks seven and eight, and Victor Wembanyama's French teammate Bilal Koulibaly from Metropolitan's 92 goes seventh overall. He will play in the nation's capital as the Wizards look to continue their rebuild. The Pacers take Jairus Walker at nine. Taylor Hendricks goes nine overall. Jairus Walker, eighth overall to Indiana. Taylor Hendricks goes number nine to the Utah Jazz. And Kaysen Wallace, the point guard out of Kentucky, rounds out the top ten, being selected by the Oklahoma City Thunder, trading up from the Dallas Mavericks. So we did not have any 
guesses of who would have been the number one pick last night. That was a known commodity entering last night's 2023 NBA draft. It was going to be Victor Wembanyama. It was Victor Wembanyama. But now the question becomes, what is the expectation for Wemby and the San Antonio Spurs during his rookie campaign in 2023-24? Following the NBA draft lottery, when the sweepstakes to draft first overall to take Victor Wembanyama was concluded in the ping pong balls bounced in the favor of San Antonio. It was a minus 20,000 price right before the draft minus 50,000 for Wemby to go number one overall. Now another odds on favored number minus 160 for Victor Wembanyama to be the NBA rookie of the year this upcoming season. A welcome to our sports grid radio audience here. Our number one of the morning after live from the Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City on this Friday all across the grid. Sirius XM channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. Victor Wembanyama goes number one overall, but the storyline entering this draft week and entering draft day was the jockeying of position for who would be that second overall pick made by the Charlotte Hornets. When we were here yesterday on the morning after, Brandon Miller was a very heavy favorite to be that second overall selection. And then a few hours after our show ended midway through the afternoon, just a few hours before the draft started in Brooklyn, a tweet from Sham Sharania that the Charlotte Hornets were mulling their options and they were still at this point, frankly, undecided who they would go with between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, having worked out both prospects earlier this week in Charlotte. Because of that reporting from Sham Sharania, the odds moved drastically. Scoot Henderson flipped to a heavy odds on favorite, a minus 700 number yesterday afternoon. But in the final hour leading up to the 2023 NBA draft, the odds start to work back in favor of Brandon Miller. It was a minus 150 price an hour out from the start of the 2023 NBA draft in just minutes before the action got started last night at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Brandon Miller became a minus 650 heavy odds on favorite to be that first or second overall selection. And that's what happened. Scoot Henderson been closed as a minus 700 favorite to go third overall to Portland. Now the Blazers conversation about what to do with Damian Lillard this offseason will ensue. We have already seen some blockbuster deals in the association early on in this offseason. It's only been about a week and a half, but the Washington Wizards continue their rebuild. They ship Chris Paul, who of course they traded for in that Bradley Beal deal to the Golden State Warriors. In return, Washington gets Jordan Poole to anchor their rebuild in the backcourt alongside Tyus Jones. So the point God joins the Splash Brothers, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson in Golden State. Plenty more on the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Live from the Ocean Casino Resort on this Friday morning, on the morning after on Sports Grid, we continue rolling on. Our 2023 Sports Grid NBA draft coverage carries over into this Friday, live right here on the morning after. I am Ben Stevens, the coach. James Young is here as well. JY, we were rocking and rolling four hours last night on our 2023 Sports Grid NBA draft special, and we're back bright and early on this Friday. Appreciate you being here before you head into some family festivities this weekend. Yeah, a little uh, family reunion with the in-laws in West Virginia. Nothing like 60 people in West Virginia. No, I am not applying for the West Virginia job, although I will be there for 40 hours in case they want me on staff for the Mountaineers. I mean, hey, if an opportunity is there, we'd miss you here at the Spiz Grizz, but I would understand. So, J.Y., let's look back on last night. Of course, we will talk Victor Wembanyama, and now the conversation turns to what is his immediate impact in the association. But we start by going through the top 10 of the draft order. Really, the conversation was at two versus three. Brandon Miller out of Alabama, or Scoot Henderson from the G League. JY, ultimately, the Charlotte Hornets decide to draft Brandon Miller with that second overall pick. What stood out to you most about the early portion of that top 10 last night's opening round? Well, I just think a couple of things. One, the Miller uh, going two instead of three. Obviously, we talked about it was all over the place. The odds up and down, up and down, moving even in like, what, the last 90 minutes to 60 minutes before the draft, before really locked in is going to be Brandon Miller. Uh, and then, obviously, you got to four with, with the Thompson Twins going four five and then obviously and then seven that that's going to be the interesting thing with Bilal Kulabai uh being drafted but then being traded yeah. down a pick so that's a little bit of interesting and then lastly you know if you go outside of the top 10 it's obviously the Cam Whitmore story which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit this, this and when you looked at what happened there in the opening of the first round last night the top 10 really that was the first surprise that we had when it came to Bilal Koulibaly being that seventh overall selection the Wizards and the Pacers swapping the first six picks of the 2023 NBA draft went exactly as the odds anticipated everybody was a dollar and a half odds on favorite or better so let's go to Victor Wembanyama the number one overall pick a minus 50,000 favorite to be that first overall selection for San Antonio JY we shared last night on the draft broadcast the two other times the Spurs have drafted number one overall their franchise's history the admiral david robinson back in 1987 mm -hmm. tim duncan the big fundamental in 1997 in the rookie year for both robinson and duncan the spurs won at least 35 more games so what do you think victor Wembanyama's impact will be next year for the spurs you know w with his size and his slender build still at 230 pounds ben i think he's gonna need a little bit of time you know i think you don't throw him out the game uh Get expecting 35, 40 minutes tonight. I think you ease him in. Obviously, when you have a front court with Calvin Johnson and Jeremy Sohan, the last year's first-round pick, there is talent there. But in the, in the case of San Antonio, it's a perfect fit. Yeah. It's a small market. It's an experienced coach who dealt with Tim Duncan, who has won championships. There's no pressure to win. I know people talk about, oh, five years wins the ring, three years. No, 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 no. Let's this kid get into the league. Yeah. Let's put on some weight. But you can't mistake. This is a, not a generational talent, Ben. This is like a skip three generations yeah. kind of talent when you talk about comparing him to someone like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
when you look at the optimism for Victor Wembanyama, he is a minus money, minus 160, odds-on favorite already to win NBA Rookie of the Year next year. That is the expectation for Vic, not just coming into the league and starting from day number one, but to be an NBA All-Star very early on. A Hall of Fame career is the hope, is the optimism for Victor Wembanyama. So, JY, as we look at San Antonio, 22-60, and 60, the record for the Spurs a season ago, tied for the worst in the Western Conference. What is the outlook now for San Antonio? If they can get the 30 wins, they'll be great. This is not going to be a jump of 30, you know, going crazy, 40, 45 wins. Let's, let's pump our brakes a little bit in a loaded Western Conference. Yeah. Why they have the second worst odds to come out of the West, yeah. only behind Houston, is because there's a lot of good teams there. So let's see. If they can get to about 30, 32 wins and maybe be sniffing like that and they're not the worst team in the West or the second worst team in the West, that yeah. could be safe for teams like Portland and stuff like that. So I think that's the expectation for a team like them. But listen, they're going to sell a lot of tickets down yeah. there in San Antonio. That they certainly are going to do. The Spurs right now 120 to 1 to win next year's Western Conference title. When that win total comes out, I will be incredibly anticipating what that number absolutely looks like. So, JY, let's get to your reactions from last night's first round. Give me a team that you were very high on their draft grade from last night. Honestly, I like Dallas. I like Dallas because when you when you look at the Mavericks, folks, you look at a team that if they bring back Kyrie. They have a dynamic scoring backcourt. But what's the issue, Ben? It's on the defensive side of the ball. So now when you look at the defensive side of the ball, with a team like San Antonio, what do you go and get? You get Derek Lively, slides down, you get him at 12. Then you go ahead and you get Rashard Holmes in a trade. Yep. And then you go get another defender. So I think that's when you look at a team like them and you say, you know what? I think they figured it out. They got some defenders, some gut guys. I was a little concerned with Lively being 19 years old, being the back end of the defense by himself. Yep. You got him help. I like what Dallas did with this pick. The Dallas Mavericks had to focus on their defensive presence for next year. The Mavs right now 14-1 to to win the Western Conference. It's the eighth best price on the FanDuel Sportsbook. J.Y., the story really outside of the draft lottery was Cam Whitmore, a guy that earlier this week out of Villanova was the favorite to go fifth overall at plus 115. Entering last night, the number four Whitmore to be a top five selection plus 150. He was even the favorite, J.Y., to be the eighth overall selection at two to one he slides all the way out of the lottery but makes his way to Houston at 20th overall as the Rockets come back to make that selection what do you make of the slide for Whitmore why did it happen and now how about his situation that he finds himself in the NBA well it's a stunning fall from a guy that let's be honest not just five people thought maybe four at times he could be going to so when you look at Cam Whitmore dynamic talent score you know can be a Karan Butler type but here's the thing then the medicals. Then you talk about the pre-draft. I heard some things about his attitude and work ethic yep. being in the question. But now he goes to a situation with Houston that is loaded with young talent. And this is where you find out, especially when you talk about a guy's character, this is where you find out about a kid. Where a kid's supposed to be a top five, top six, top seven pick, and he slides down to 20. 
What kind of kid do you get? He can change the narrative really quick by going to Houston and balling out. JY, so many names to know from that draft lottery, from the opening round. We had the conversation already about two versus three. There is obviously going to be those correlations between Brandon Miller's rookie year and his NBA career versus Scoot Henderson. You were higher on Scoot Henderson as a draft prospect. What do you come away with after last night? I think they made a mistake. When you're Charlotte, you go and you're so far away from competing. You go with the best guy. And I don't care about this. They don't fit. They fit. Mm. LaMelo and Scoot would have fit perfectly. And now you have a guy in a Russell Westbrook clone uh, and Scoot Henderson, who I think if he gets it together, will be a dynamic top 15 player in the NBA. You're not going to say that about Brandon Miller. It was a safer pick. I get it. But to me, you could have went for the home run, like hit it out the park out of the stadium, yep. and you kind of went for a double. We'll see what happens. But Brandon Miller, not the highest one. But Scoot Henderson, I thought, besides Roman Yama, he would have been the number one pick in a lot of drafts, Ben. The Hornets also at number 27 do take Nick Smith Jr., another talented SEC player from just a season ago. So, J.Y., Victor Wembanyama is a minus money, minus 160, odds-on favorite to win the NBA Rookie of the Year award next season. If Wemby plays 65 games, is he a lock to win the award? Yes. He's a lock to win the award. But don't sleep on Chet Holmgren at 7-1. That's going to be a fun and exciting team in Oklahoma City. Shot blocker, rim pretender. Also a kind of a, not a generational talent, but yeah. kind of a unicorn type. Listen, Chet Holmgren was the second overall pick a season ago. He didn't play last year for OKC. JY, one final fadeaway live from the Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City. Kevin We're on Walsh TMA up next. I don't miss. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Look who we have here, mm -hmm. live from the Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City at the gallery. This is a Friday live on the morning after on SportsGrid. We continue our 2023 NBA draft coverage live from AC. I am Ben Stevens. It is old K-Dubs. Back on the morning after for a second consecutive day. We are live in person right. for a second consecutive day as well. Here in AC, Kev, you're going to be here for the rest of the show, whether you like it or not. So <laughs> welcome, my friend to the desk alongside yeah, for the morning after. No, look, we're strapped in. I'm excited to be here. The draft was a blast last night. Uh, a lot of really interesting picks come off of the board, and uh, I'm willing to walk whatever roads you guys want to want here today. Let's walk then, shall we? Yeah. We'll focus on two and three. We'll talk Victor Wimbanyama and all of that. We focused a ton on that in the first 20 or so minutes of this Friday on TMA. Kev, as you look at the back half of the top 10, the back half of the NBA draft lottery picks one through 14, what stands out to you most about the way the draft went last night? So for me, be because... You know, what we do here is kind of odds-based, and I made this point on the draft show last night. It's the fact that Jerace Walker to the Pacers was a lock, and everybody that bet him to go to the Pacers lost money. It's a really tough thing, and yeah. it's really, really unique to draft betting. Uh, the NFL draft, because it's the NFL, yeah. and it's just far bigger and, and more robust, you can bet 
team's first pick a little bit more, but they don't have those markets in the NBA. To race to Indiana were kind of what the rumors suggested the entire time, but that meant the seventh pick, and he yeah. closed at minus 170 in the market, and instead Koulibaly ends up a stunning pick at that slot there. Yeah. Washington, by the end of the, the – before we kind of got going, we felt Washington was live for him at eight. They had to come up to seven to feel secure that they got their guy. Jarese ends up at eighth overall to the Indiana Pacers, so a, a – a really unique draft outcome there, B-double-S, yeah. that certainly you know, kind of stuck with me. And, Kevin, it was the first upset, surprise, whatever yeah. you want to categorize it as, of last night's opening round because Jairus Walker was a minus 170 odds-on favorite to be the seventh overall pick, but it was just to go number seven overall. He goes eight, but to the team that was originally drafting seventh, the Indiana Pacers, and that was really the first surprise as well. Bilal Koulibaly, we told you yesterday, on TMA at the time of yesterday's show a plus 210 price to be a top 10 pick he closed as a minus money favorite minus 125 one of the surprises I thought early on in the draft lottery was what Orlando did at number 11 their Uh second pick of the top 11 Jet Howard out of Michigan he wasn't even the Michigan guard we expected to go first last night that was his teammate Kobe Bufkin who had an over under draft position prop of 12 and a half instead it's Jet Howard that goes 11th. How surprised were you by what the Magic did with the first two picks? Yeah, well, so the Black, Anthony Black stuff, that part wasn't really surprising. Again, by the time we got there, close at minus 160, and we heard that Orlando was really, really interested uh, in the player, which is why I thought, like I did a little mock kind of the day before, uh, I thought Black was live at five, in that a team would have to know they had to jump Orlando to get him, which was true. If you wanted to get Anthony Black, you had to jump him at five. At 11, they take Jet Howard, and why I, I hit on black first is you kind of come away and go it looks like this team has a type everybody that they are starting one through four is big for their position right anthony black is six foot seven you've got jet howard at potentially a two guard at six foot eight yeah. franz wagner is huge palaban caro palaban caro by the way is the next generation of guy that they say is six foot ten and then every time he stands next to someone like you're seven one <laughs> yeah like, something, something's not adding up there yeah. pal ben caro is is absolutely massive so clearly orlando had a type jet howard was it's in, as a as a kind of a, you know, those diaper dandies, the freshman, he didn't have yeah. a great season at Michigan, but the type of talent going into the lottery, people would have expected, but the odds never expected such a thing. Two more shakeups in the draft lottery as well. OKC and Dallas trade their picks. OKC moves up to 10. They take Cason Wallace, the point guard out of Kentucky. One guy that Kevin Walsh was very, very high yeah. on. His draft position prop was 14 and a half, and the over had the juice, so the expectation for Wallace probably on the outside of the lottery looking in but he goes 10th overall. Derek Lively was the selection for the Dallas Mavericks at number 12. And then Grady Dick, who had a top 10 price, plus 150, entering last night's draft falls to 13 overall for the Toronto Raptors. Of course, I'm sure you've seen the ruby red sparkled suit of Grady Dick, the native of Kansas, doing his best best Dorothy impression. So, Kev, let's focus on the top of the draft. Of course, the biggest story entering was Victor Wembanyama in a minus 50,000 price to be number one overall. But for 
from the odds perspective, it was the drastic movement we saw between number two and number three overall. It closed with Brandon Miller as a minus 650 odds on favorite, even after Scoot Henderson flipped to a minus 700 odds on favorite earlier in the afternoon. How would you describe the movement that you saw for the second overall pick, ultimately leading to Brandon Miller being taken by the Hornets? So the, the, that movement was wild to watch. Now, we are used to kind of stunning situations at the draft. If you were with us last year, the Palo Caro going one overall was a big stunner. It was supposed to be Jabari Smith all day long until it wasn't, right? So we know that the odds move wild, but why this one felt super unique was it kind of, look, and it, it's a big thing on NBA Twitter, a head-to-head -head battle between Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Shrania. And Woj came out late Tuesday night and said it was Brandon Miller. And I then ran to the, to the book and yeah. got myself a piece of Brandon Miller because one, Woj is Woj, yeah. and that's obviously incredibly trustworthy. But Brandon Miller's smoke screens made no sense. We didn't hear man, a, a single rumor of a team that wanted to trade up for Correct. Brandon Miller. Not one made any sense. So when Sham Sharani then came out in the middle of the day and said Scoot Henderson is gaining momentum, I was surprised. I was a little frustrated as somebody that had a piece of Brandon Miller, but also I was reluctant to believe it. Yeah. Which and who am I to question Shams? Look, I'm not saying his, his information was well, was wrong. I guess, but I'm, I'm sure there was more, plenty of reason for him to feel that way. But look, smoke screens are real, and I think the world where Charlotte said we need one last crack to see what we could get offered for second overall. Hey, we want Scoot, we want Scoot, we want Scoot, just in case Portland's maybe getting better offers yeah. that we're not getting. And Miller was always their guy. And that was the kind of final dunk from Woj. We're sending out the, it was always Brandon Miller yeah. tweet after that pick came off of the board there, but a, a rocking boat of movement between Scoot and Brandon Miller. It was crazy movement because even an hour prior to the draft, Kev, Brandon Miller flipped back to the odds-on favorite, but it was just minus 150. And then moments before we went live last night at 8 p.m. Eastern and the draft started in Brooklyn, New York, yeah. he closes a minus 650 favorite, did Brandon Miller. So the idea was the fit was better in Charlotte alongside LaMelo Ball. The Hornets were a 27-55 and 55 yeah. team, a season ago. Kev, they are one of five teams in a log jam for the longest odds to win next year's Eastern Conference title at 250 to 1. What is the expectation now for Charlotte entering next season? Can I just say that what Please. really bothers me about the fit thing yeah. is how simple-minded that thinking is. LaMelo Ball is 6'8", 6'9". That is the luxury of getting a supreme talent like a LaMelo Ball is you can afford to start a 6-2, Scoot Henderson next to him. And Scoot has legitimate defensive chops yeah. that if he is next to a player like LaMelo Ball, who is not going to force Scoot Henderson to have a, a ridiculous usage rate, and in fact they can alleviate pressure off of one another, yeah. you can then rely on those Scoot defensive instincts that would work there because the, to answer your question, the expectations for Charlotte, it's another bad season. That's the expectations. It's not a basketball team that people are going to be looking to forget that to win the East, make the playoff prices unlikely. Mm -hmm. May, maybe take some long shot play in odds, but it's a team that people are going to be low on there. And also LaMelo has enough injury concerns that I don't think that should have, again, pushed them off of Scoot Henderson. The idea that that team was close and, and swung by fit, I, I don't agree 
with the, the fit thing because I think that LaMelo and Scoot would have worked really well next to one another. And now you will compare and contrast the careers of Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson sure. in the NBA for the rest of their time, even far beyond their rookie seasons. Now we have the Portland Trailblazers conversation. There was an idea, Kev, leading up to this draft yeah. that Portland was shopping the third overall pick, trying to acquire a veteran, a star to pair alongside Damian Lillard. Instead, they go with the rookie sensation that will be Scoot Henderson, a guy booked with the second best price to win rookie of the year next season. So what is Portland doing? And we have the conversation now. Is this finally the time to say Damian Lillard is leaving the Rose City? So I actually do think he is going to request out. Maybe that is naive of me, but what is happening feels like a lot of posturing between two sides that they know this this needs to be over. And th that is why this is frustrating for me is it's not just Lillard who should leave but Portland should know yeah let's press reset here and get back a world of assets for Damian Lillard I thought what was interesting is there was some kind of reporting around the idea that Lillard and, and Portland had talked and Chris Haynes who is the premier Damian Lillard reporter yeah there there is no player reporter connection more obvious and that's not a shot that's great intel to yeah, have yeah, yeah. than Haynes and, and Lillard it's it's well understood there's been no conversation between the sides and I think that is Lillard starting to distance himself from this organization and rightfully so what gets very interesting though is if slash when he does request the trade does Portland prioritize doing right by Dame and getting him to Miami, which is, I think, his premier choice with an absolute bullet? Yeah. Or is it highest bidder, should have got the Beal no trade clause, brother? I mean, listen, we can see a little bit of something through the odds if there is a potential that Dame is on the move. Right now, Portland in a holding pattern of sorts. The fourth longest price to win the West next year, it's 65-1. to one. Yeah. Not optimistic with Lillard and Henderson in the same backcourt. And as you may the point Kev it's been the offseason for a week Miami's price to win the NBA championship shortened by 10 bucks 27 to 1 to plus 1700 yeah. more on the morning after live from Atlantic City up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Welcome back to the morning after live right here on this Friday from Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City, New Jersey. We continue our sports grid NBA draft coverage the day following the 2023 NBA draft live right here on TMA. He is old K dubs. That is Kevin Walsh. I am Ben Stevens. So Kev, the Houston Rockets have been in a very interesting position. Each of the past three NBA drafts we have worked together back in 2021 in that summer. They take Jalen yeah. Green second overall last year, the third overall pick they draft Jabari Smith Jr. last night fourth overall they go with Eamon Thompson a very young core in H-Town and then after that later in the first round 20th they get the guy who was on the slide Cam Whitmore who again was projected as a top 
five talent in this 2023 draft class. So, Kev, as you look at everybody the Rockets organization had, another first-round draft pick in 2021, Alperin Shingun, who has been very well-received in that Rockets organization, alongside Kevin Porter Jr., what do you make of the young core that the Rockets organization has and what the future looks like now under Ime Odoka? It's exciting, but it's very complicated for Houston. Because you can't give up on guys too quickly. What I mean by that is Jalen Green, they took it second overall just a couple of years ago. Yeah. And was a 20-point per game last year in a sophomore season. There's reason to believe that Jalen Green can develop into a 25-point-per-game score with relative ease in this league. Is he going to have enough touches in Houston to get that opportunity? Okay, maybe because... Ahmed Thompson's best strength is probably his creating for others. Okay, so that fits in nicely. Well, what do I do with Cam Whitmore? Oh, well, all right. Well, don't worry about Cam Whitmore because we got him at 20. Well, hold on now. We want to try and maximize this talent. Yeah. Well, oh, by the way, we took Jabari Smith at second overall, and he already feels like he's just going to be told, hey, go stand in the corner and see if you can find the shooting stroke yeah. that you had at Auburn. Jamar Smith Jr. was a guy, again, we, to, to bring this kind of full circle, last year was a huge favorite to go first overall. For the entirety of the it, draft cycle, really. Like, Jabari Smith wasn't just supposed to be a stand-in-the-corner three-point shooter. Jamar Smith Jr. is supposed to be an all-star potential talent. And that's the thing with those guys right there. Yeah. So, with respect, moving Kevin Porter Jr. and Alperin Shengun, those other four guys were all players that were selected or supposed to be selected, in Cam's case, inside the top five with all-star type ceilings. So it's exciting, but it's complicated because do you really have enough runway to allow all of these guys to get all of the usage that they need? If Houston's willing to kind of rotate some nights off, get creative with their minutes, one injury could maybe really open things up for a number of other guys here. But the other approach is... Ime's not here to lose. Let's package a couple of pieces and let's go swing big. Hard on the way. And I think that's really the conversation. The Rockets right now are 250 to 1 to win the West. It is the longest price in all the Western Conference. Of course, when we're talking about some of these teams that drafted in the draft lottery last night, the only odds we have available for next year's NBA season, I mean, the other one wrapped up a week ago Monday, so the only odds we have right now, next year's NBA title, next year's conference championships in both the East and the West, the story for the Houston Rockets is going to be what's their win total a team that won 22 games a season ago is at 26 and a half now with this young and exciting core and Ima Udoka as the head man because Kev that is what I think is so fascinating here is this what Ima Udoka signed up for develop all of this young talent find their places in the NBA or was it hey Ime we're bringing you in here we're going to take some of this young talent we're going to make some moves we're going to be more of a contender and we're going to try to win a Western Conference title in your first couple of years in H-Town. But that's where Ime's really challenging because on one end, he's, he's a very young head coach. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to get in a rush if you're Udoka, but also his first year on the job in Boston and he's in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that Ime Udoka believes that if he was in Boston this year, they win the NBA championship. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that, that that is what he believes. So how does he see things? We've heard the Rockets were interested in a Zion Williamson. Just to kind of, you know, let's just flesh this out. 
And the Pelicans were apparently interested in Scoot Anderson, so maybe they're interested in young talents. Maybe they value Jabari Smith and Jalen Green. Yeah. You might say that's a lot to give up. It's irrelevant for what we're kind of talking about here. They trade for Zion. They sign James Harden in free agency. What the result of that would be is 250 to 1 going down drastically yeah, drastically sure. it doesn't mean to be a winning wager but in terms of beating numbers early season off-season stuff those are the kind of things that you look for here if i'm houston i think the approach is likely patience but that is a big big question right now those hardened rumors existed for a reason yeah. and also it wasn't just hardened Apparently, like, yeah, well, if Harden falls through, we're going for Kyrie. So that suggests that's a basketball team that is dead set on adding an all-star level talent now. And, Kev, you were very high on Amen Thompson yeah. as he translates as yeah. a prospect to the next level in the association. Again, Cam Whitmore was a guy that was graded as a top-five pick. There was some things detracting from his draft process. Maybe not the best attitude. He is rather soft-spoken, not the best interview throughout this draft cycle. But, again, a guy that was a top-five talent and had a top-five price just earlier this week. He was the favorite to be the fifth overall pick. And I thought you and JY made a sensational point on last night's draft special the idea that as Whitmore started to fall later into the lottery later into that opening round obviously picked 20th overall by Houston there weren't many teams at that point Kev that thought we can get Cam Whitmore so if there was a medical issue plaguing his draft status those teams probably hadn't done the research Houston who was drafting in the top five yeah. certainly had evaluated Whitmore and I think they're probably pretty comfortable with taking him 20th overall so now we go from Houston Texas to San Antonio Texas Victor Wembayama's new home in America new home in the NBA a member of the San Antonio Spurs the third ever first overall pick for this franchise we have detailed it already we have detailed it numerous time across the sports grid network. David Robinson, Tim Duncan, the previous two first overall picks for San Antonio in their rookie seasons, immediate impact. 35 more yeah. wins in Robinson's rookie year, 36 more wins in Duncan's rookie year. What do you think that win jump is for Vic and the Spurs in 2023-24? So I am glad that you guys are able to bring up that historical context because I've also been wondering, they won't probably post it, but odds webinyam is an all-star in his first year and you kind of go through the history and what stands out with duncan and david robinson and other prior year one all-stars blake griffin is they're never 19 years old and and that still matters it really does and if victor webinyama takes this basketball team to 500 which is a huge leap but the historical context that you've added right look folks he's 210 to 1 to win the mvp I'll entertain the conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's got the same price as Julius Randle. Let's be honest here. Plenty of you watching, I'm sure, enjoyed some Knicks basketball throughout this season. You think he's got a chance to win the MVP? The answer is no. The answer, the, Julius Randle has no chance to win the NBA MVP. Yeah. Webinyama is over-under for his career. One and a half MVPs. Has to be, right? There's going to be a lot of people that would slam over on such a prop. So, yeah. the, so for Vic, but that's where this is dangerous. Listen to the conversation we're having, and we should be having it because of the way that he's been talked about as a prospect, but if San Antonio goes out there next season and wins 32 games, are we going to sour on Webinyama all of a sudden? And, Kev, you brought up this point last night. 
This is the conversation around Victor Wembanyama, a prospect that was as highly touted as LeBron James in the past two decades in the sport. R. James Young, as he's making his player comparisons, thinking even farther back in generational talent, to Lou Alcindor when he entered the NBA. Of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the greatest players in the history of this sport, of this league. That is the expectation for Victor Wembanyama. If you were to say Hall of Fame career, yes, no prop, the yes would have to be fake as you discuss Vic. So when you bring up all of this into the conversation, 210 to 1 to win the NBA MVP, that's kind of ludicrous, right? Not really where you think of what this guy's career is expected to be in the NBA. Yeah, and yeah, look, uh, it's weird. It's sometimes you go back and forth. If you were in the book, would you would you cut him in, in half to make sure it's not as dangerous, or actually would you jump it up more just to get people to bet him? Because he probably isn't going to win MVP. And I think but, we uh, can say that with some context and understanding, of course. Right. Look, yes. but he, he's he's twenty. He's twenty-two to, or they won twenty-two games last season. Adding ten. That's why I use. That's why I said thirty-two. Adding yeah. ten wins is a ton of additional wins for a basketball team, and he, he will deserve a world of credit if that's what they do. But could San Antonio be aggressive in free agency mm. is, to me, a really big question. If you're the Spurs, and I, it's unfortunate because the off-court stuff makes this kind of be a non-starter, Kyrie the talent. They're never going to allow Kyrie Irving to get anywhere near Victor Webanyama. So I know this is all hypothetical. Or Greg Popovich, probably. Well, yeah. <laughs> actually, Pop might be, like, interested in it. Like, all the <laughs> team practices will be canceled for, like, team conversations. <laughs> but I, my, my point is, that type of talent, yeah. right, would San Antonio be willing to throw money at to say, no, 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 We're, we don't tank twice. We tank once, we win, and then we win. That's usually the San Antonio formula. Now, San Antonio was 22-60 and 60 last year. They had one of the three best prices to win the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes and draft first overall. They did. Now, when you think of the Spurs, I have made the mention to the historic leaps we have seen in Robinson and Duncan's rookie years. Mm -hmm. What do you think that win total is as you forecast it for the Spurs next year? Just kind of getting a, a sense of things. I, I think that that... 31 and a half probably is what that range will look like there. Yeah. So, again, you kind of maybe a simpler way to put it is yes, no. Does Victor Webanyama add 10 wins to the Spurs? I think the answer is yes. If you if you if you post that before we get any other answers on, because I think they will be more aggressive in free agency. Now I think it's really interesting, Kevin. You brought this point up. There are new award criteria going into the NBA next year. We believe we're not entirely sure how it all irons out. The details are not necessarily specific at this moment. But there is a thought you need to play 65 games at least to be in consideration for Six Man of the Year, MVP, Rookie of the Year, yada yada yada. If the Spurs are hovering around that projected win total of 30 and a half, 31 and a half, and they're trending toward the under, is there a chance the Spurs say, hey, Vic, we want you here for 15 or 17 years. We're not too concerned about the rest of this season. How does that impact the rookie of the year odds where Wimbanyama right now is an odds-on favorite at minus 160? Yeah, it, it massively impacts them. And again, that that's where health in this league is never a guarantee. And a team like the Spurs could very well say a minor injury is now a major injury. Let's be cautious. And I think people would probably say, hey, make sure you proceed with caution. But if I may, this is why that rule change is absolutely disastrous and really, really short-sighted. 
this notion of, oh, this is going to get guys to stop missing games is inaccurate. What's going to happen is once star players realize they're not going to hit the 65-game threshold, well, I got to play 55 games now. This is irrelevant, so that's yeah. going to backfire. And also, the idea that just because Scoot Henderson played an additional 10 games to Vic means he's more valuable than Vic is wrong and ridiculous. I truly, I, I hate this rule. They thought that they had the right idea, and they didn't, and it is going to end up leading to really, really stupid future all-NBA teams and maybe some really poor award results in the end. It is also very interesting. When you look at the Rookie of the Year odds already, Scoot Henderson, the second-best player, Price, 4-1. to one. We mentioned Chet Holmgren, the second overall selection last year, missed all of 2022-23. Where's Brandon Miller on this list? The sixth best price, 13-1? to one? $9 greater than Henderson as we compare their rookie seasons behind Jet Howard, who was a weird pick for the Magic in the NBA draft lottery last night? We round out hour one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out this opening hour of a Friday Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. And when I say live, I mean live. We are live from the Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City, continuing our SportsGrid 2023 NBA draft coverage. He is Kevin Walsh. I am Ben Stevens. K-Dubs will be here for a majority of this show on this Friday to send you in to your weekend. So, Kevin, Victor Wembanyama, the number one overall pick last night, the coronation of Vic now in the association. You saw the emotion on his face. You saw what this moment mean, meant to him, despite the fact we all knew it was going to happen as a minus 50,000 favorite to be that first overall pick by San Antonio. So, as we've already done a couple of times here, Kev, what does this mean for the Spurs? How much does it alter the landscape of that organization? It was the same question for you in Fade the Public. At SportsGrid TV on Twitter, now with Victor Wembanyama, how many games will the Spurs win next season? The four options, 21 to 30. They were a 22 and 60 basketball team a season ago. 31 to 40, 41 to 50, or 51 plus. Kev, most of the public going with those first two options. Somewhere in the 21 to 30 range, or maybe a stark improvement of 31 to 40, that's actually the most selected option. You already did some odds making for us you set the win total for san antonio entering next year around 30 and a hook 31 and a half what do you make of how the public sees the spurs future entering next season so here's the thing oh wow right? this is all intentional because again the darko milicic erasure by yeah the way. no it's he's yeah. on, on the back okay um here's the thing so the Duncan stuff and the admiral stuff are fair but in terms of 19 year olds lebron's team went from 17 wins to 35 wins we're talking mid 30s for Vic is a more than fair expectation I can't wait to see what the prop is I'm probably going to take the over just being a fan of history and knowing the trends that I have said here for Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs but we'll wait and see what that number looks like Kev will be back in hour two as will we live on this Friday on the morning after from Atlantic City